Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Before we get into today's episode of the Command Zone podcast, we have to uh, backtrack. Backtrack a little bit. Uh, it's not. I mean, what happened is the rules committee, the EDH rules committee, made an announcement, and they made it at a time after we had already recorded this episode. Uh, it <sighs> obviously has to do with unstable. So we're going to continue to play the episode after this brief uh, preface. We just wanted to go over so that everybody's on the same page here. So the EDH rules committee, the announcement was that silver bordered cards are going to be legal in Commander. Until January 15th. That means wow. for about the next six weeks, silver-bordered cards are legal in Commander. It's kind of a silly little holiday thing that they're doing. Yeah, I think it's a time when not as many people will be playing, I don't know, serious Commander? Or maybe it's a great time for people to test it out over the the holiday spirit. Uh, but there are banned cards, so there's a big list of banned cards, including Ashnod's Coupon, Double Cross, Double Deal, blah, 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 blah. We're not going to read them all. You can look up the announcement. It'll be uh, We'll link it in the show notes. There was also a follow-up to that original announcement where they also decided to ban the card Nerf Wars. Yeah. Um, because... It's a little too much action, I guess. Or... They were worried about, like, at GPs and things like that, it just being right. a little bit... Right. A, a little bit obnoxious, maybe. They have um, some problematic cards as well where they're like, be careful with the cards. Uh, again, you know, it could lead to a headache or a problematic game. So stuff like Johnny Combo Player and some other things. But there is a there is something in the follow-up announcement that I wanted to read because there's been a lot of chatter online. Uh, a lot of people really excited about it. A lot of people, oh my gosh, they're ruining the format forever. Um, I... I when I originally heard, I misread the until January fifteenth part. Right. Like the for so for the first like couple seconds, I was like, oh my gosh, they're crazy. And then I saw, and then I reread it, and I was like, oh, it's only for six weeks. Okay, I get it. It's just it's not that big a deal now because it's just sort of a temporary fun thing. Um, they said this is not a test or trial period. It's a chance to do something a little different for a few weeks, and then we'll go back to the usual commander rules. The only consequence after then for the foreseeable future is that a few playgroups may have discovered some cards they enjoy playing with. So mm -hmm. the rules committee has said unequivocally that this is not, they're not like testing it out and it's going to become permanent. This is, the, it's not their goal at all. It's just sort of a, like I said, a yeah. silly holiday thing. I mean, that's one of the foundation rules of EDH though, which is like, if your playgroup allows it, then allow it. And, and that's I, kind of what we talk about in this episode is yeah. some cards and, and which ones we think maybe should be allowed or, or shouldn't be, um, 
Yeah, so, well, I guess before we go into the full episode, knowing now that this announcement has been made, Jimmy, what do you think about this six-week sort of fun fun times? So they're calling it the uncelebration. Yeah, it's definitely a celebration of something that I think was really not expected to just make everything legal and then have a ban list. Uh, again, usually, according to what the commander group says, is they test things out very thoroughly, use a lot of information, and I don't know how much testing they did for this specifically, so I don't know whether or not... I mean, honestly, I would just say try it out in a different way, though. I don't know if, if this is the best way to approach it, but that's just me. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's the best thing that's ever happened to the format. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun, and I think also don't worry. If this doesn't sound fun to you at all, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem to be like, hey, I just want to play regular commander by yeah. the old rules. People are still going to have their old decks. It's not like they're going to have changed like, all their decks to yeah. like Silverboard and stuff, so I don't think that's going to be a huge problem. And if you're like, hey, I'm playing Silverboard cards. Is that cool? Um, you know. Some people may be like, no, not really. But I yeah. think most people will be like, yeah, fine, let's try it. In the same way that it's like, hey, guys, on Thursday, let's play our tribal decks. Yeah. Be like, hey, guys, let's bring together our undecks. Yeah. Or, you know, if you have to proxy, go for it, whatever, just to try it out and see what happens. Um, I mean, we played a little bit of Unstable already, and it was really fun to be able to use these new cards. We, we mostly talk about Unstable cards, but this is every Civil Board card, so we didn't really go that far back in the past. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. I would love to know what everyone thinks about it. All right, uh, all right. With all of that out of the way, on to the episode. All right. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. I want a man and a flee. I got a bad disease. Where we get to the part of the song that has uh the on the bridge downtown <laughs> is where I found my love. Dude, that's we just sang every red hot chili pepper song ever, by the way. Oh no, we were singing two different songs. Wait, I was singing Under the Bridge the whole time. Oh, um, you were? Yeah, but I think we, we, we mishmashed. Well, it's funny that I got the artist from it, but I didn't get the right song. Yeah. No, no, no. You, there is a part where he goes, which <laughs> he does the thing. That's what I'm saying. We Look, I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I also I don't know the words of their songs. They're all their... I mean, Anthony Kiedis just like babbles on and just says stuff half the time. Okay, why were we singing that song? Because Under the Bridge is also, if you can see the product here on the table, Table. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. It's the Unstable episode. It is the Unstable episode. The Unstable Podcast episode. You may be wondering why we have all this Unstable product in front of us. It's not that we got it early for our own enjoyment. No, we got it for your enjoyment. Game Nights. Yeah. In fact, uh, if you're watching this on the day of release, that means Game Nights is due out tomorrow. We have Mark Rosewater. Ooh. The one of the founding fathers of Magic himself. We have Gavin Verhe. Um, we are playing Unstable Draft in that episode. A lot of new things for game nights. It was quite a challenge to tackle. I can't believe it. I mean, you apparently right now, these guys are staying here until 10, 11 p.m. every single night, and we have multiple people working on the episode now just to get it out in time. Turns out Unstable's a little bit complicated and was harder to cut than our normal Commander episode, but yeah. uh, it's turning out very awesome. I assume it, well, at this point, it turned out awesome. Uh, we still got a lot of work ahead of us, but Here's we'll get it done hoping. in time. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to be talking about Unstable in the context of Commander. Yes. So it's a silver-bordered set, which means that it's not technically legal 
in Commander. The cards have silver borders. Uh-huh. But many of the cards are like super cool. So today so we cool. wanted to talk about the cards that we think you could play yeah. in Commander that could be legal, that would be fine to include in the format. Um, and maybe even make some deck types and some weird things. You know, We have the people that love the Feldegrift decks. We have yeah. the people that love the Pure Chaos decks. I think Unstable, obviously, from the name alone, brings a lot of that. Yeah, there's some um, crazy stuff that they wouldn't do in normal sets, and it would be fun, I think. And a lot of people are probably hopeful that they could use them in our favorite format, which is EDH. Uh, we're not in the rules committee, so we're not saying that we're not trying to like make them legal ourselves or say that they're legal. But it is a casual format, so you can yeah. talk to your friends and you can be like, "Hey, guys, I want to play this card. Is that okay?" Yeah, let's make our own legal list, not a ban list. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> before we get into that, we need to talk about our awesome sponsors. We're going to talk about a bunch of cards from Unstable, and the best place for you to pick up those cards oh. is at CardKingdom.com/slash/CommandZone. If you use that affiliate link, you will be supporting this show. You'll be supporting Game Nights. You'll be mm-hmm. supporting. All of our content, you can order all the unstable stuff. You can get all of these awesome full art lands, uh, yeah, which, they by the incredible. way, are insane in person. Yeah, they the we like, opened one foil and it blew my mind. So yeah, I, I mean they're going to be hard to hard to miss. Yeah, you, you're going to want those full arts. Um, and Christmas is coming up, so you're going to have friends that want that stuff. Yeah. Not just unstable. There's iconic masters results. There's all kinds of other stuff. So please use our affiliate link and support the show. And we have a very special call-out for Ultra Pro this time, our other sponsor of the show. Um, so Wayne England, who is a very renowned artist in Magic the Gathering, he drew all of the commands back in the day, Profane Command, Cryptic Command, Austere Command. He also drew cards like Ether Flash. He's been around for a very long time. He unfortunately... Ghostly Prison. Ghostly Prison, right. He was an icon in the industry, and he did pass away. And so what Ultra Pro did was he was actually working on a piece of art for Unstable uh, and... Ultra Pro has turned that art, which is the... Um, it's very cryptic command. Very cryptic command, right. So what what works, what happens when they make art, and you guys may remember this from the Jesper episode, is that they'll send in a sketch or an idea sort of to start it off. And this is the process and part of the process that Wayne England was at for very cryptic command. And so Ultra Pro is going to produce these items, and they have deck boxes, these play mats, and all of the net proceeds are actually going to Wayne England's chosen uh, charity by his family, which is the British Heart Foundation. So... Um, Obviously, an incredibly good cause. Also, an awesome, awesome thing for Ultra Pro to do to pay tribute to Wayne England. Uh, and, you know, he's an iconic, iconic artist. And it's great that you can actually buy some products with this art that, you know, you wouldn't normally see, this part of the process at least. Yeah, I think it's a really great way to pay tribute to his legacy. And so if you have a chance to pick up those items from Ultra Pro, again, all proceeds from the very cryptic command sketch by Wayne England go to the British Heart Foundation. So... Good on you, Ultra Pro. All right. So the last way to support the show is patreon.com slash command zone. Those are our direct sponsors. Thank you all so much. We love you all so much. And the special thing we do is shout out one patron every single week. So this week, a big thank you to Garrett Birchall. Garrett. Garrett. You rock. You do. You definitely rock. Kind of like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. <laughs> That's our transition music from now on. All right. So... Here we go. We're going to talk about some unstable cards. We're going to we're going to not really do a full set review, but we're going to end up talking about quite a few cards. Yes. Um again, it's a casual format. Talk to your play group. I think a lot of play groups, I mean, if Jimmy came to me and said, "Hey, guys, I want to play this card." I think there's a, like a 90% chance we'd be like, yeah, "Yeah, go for it." And if it turned out that the card is incredibly broken, we might after a few games be like, "Okay. okay that one right. doesn't seem fair." <laughs> I think by and large most of these are um 
because of game nights, we did have a chance to talk with Mark Rosewater and, you know, he expressed to us that he was hopeful that some of these cards could be used in commander. And when they were designing them, you can tell a lot of the cards say each opponent and things that are, you know, very relevant to the commander format. And I think that that's something that they are okay with. Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about that really quickly. Yeah, it's a great point. I'm interested. Yeah, so I think there was a missed opportunity here. And I, I think being creators of things ourselves, it's really difficult to foresee all of the things that are going to happen. And, and when you're creating something, the point at which it starts to become a point of no return where you don't have time to make changes that you think of yeah. is a lot earlier than most people think. So this is not like a criticism of Watsi in the way that like, oh, they should have done this, they should have done that. But in the future, I wish that they would make some way that some of these cards could be officially legal in Commander. Because right now, there's the blanket statement that silver border cards aren't legal in Commander. And it kind of has to be that way because there are a lot of crazy cards from the other two unsets. Yeah. And it would be tough because, you know, we already have a ban list. Do you make a selective ban list for someone? Do you need a separate? Like a reverse ban list? Yeah, a legal list, like I was saying. It's just, it gets very complicated very quickly. And if you guys remember, a lot of the cards uh, that Wizards printed when they had Planeswalkers as the commander said at the bottom, this card can be your commander or this partner, you know? So they've had extra text on cards to signify that they're legal in specific ways that they would not be otherwise. Yeah, and I would say I really wish, they could just use like the C from like the commander products. Like, if you just took this C, Mm -hmm. put, like, a circle around it, and then put it in, like, the lower left corner of the cards that you wanted to be legal in Commander. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. In this set, that would have been a great way to just say, like, oh, these cards from Unstable are legal in Commander. Yeah, or even, like, these are the ones that we think as R&D are, you know, I don't know. Here's the thing. Because they don't run the rules committee. They don't run the rules, yeah. But they Uh could talk to the rules committee first. They do have people on the rules committee. I think that wouldn't have been too hard to work out with the rules committee. It's like, hey, guys, you know here's the 20 cards from the set we'd like to see legal in Commander. Right. And I think it would be pretty easy for them to, them to go like, well, at least these 18 seem good. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, it's interesting because unsets are the set where Wizards is allowed to look into the future in the same way that um, Future Sight did. Yeah. Which is they're testing out mechanics and things. And in this case, contraptions and all that are like a, a sideboard in the game, kind of, you know, like a second deck. So this would be a, a perfect time to try out something like that. Obviously, we're all sad that they didn't um, at the same time. I mean, gives, hindsight's twenty twenty, so... And it gives us a reason to make this episode. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about the new mechanics first. There's quite a few. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the cards in sort of three categories. I put probably okay, maybe okay, most, likely, most not likely not okay. Not. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the mechanics in sort of a similar arena so the Mm -hmm. first one is the contraptions which you alluded to yeah and uh so yeah let's hold it up here so on the back so the contraptions two sides they have no border first of all which is cool um and they're two-sided and the the back side is sort of a reminder card that shows you how the contraptions work there's three different sprockets on the back (laughs) of the contraption and when you assemble a contraption, which certain cards do, you choose which sprocket to place it on, one, two, or three. And then each turn, you crank your contraption, and it moves to the next sprocket in line. And then any contraptions that you have, so if you hold it up, and let's say I've assembled a contraption and I put it in sprocket one. <laughs> when I crank from sprocket three to sprocket one, on that upkeep, those contraptions Activate. Yeah, activate. And, and however many I have, I can activate. So let's say I've got two in sprocket one. 
That means I can activate both of them. Or none. Or none. Or I can, one. Yeah, I don't have to. Or I can just choose one, and then those effects happen. And, and you get to choose the order as well. Yeah, so one of these like makes a token, and another one of these pumps your creature or yeah. whatever. Terry actually created a really cool animation of this for Game Nights, uh, and I will allow him to tease that part by showing it on screen right now. So you crank the sprocket to the next sprocket and it activates the contraptions and hopefully that looks cool so imagine but for those just listening there are three columns and in each of those columns it's gonna go one two and three so on your first turn when you have anything in those columns it's gonna be like oh the machine is alive now we're gonna start activating these columns and the first turn it's gonna activate the first column the second turn it's gonna activate the second column then the third it's gonna go back to one you get to choose where you put these contraptions these cards into which column and then you get to choose uh, whether or not they activate and all that stuff. So you're essentially, it's like a repeating timer. Yeah, like every three turns, you'd get the one in Sprocket 1, basically. Yes, yes. Um, it's really hard to understand unless you see the cards in front of you. Once you and do it, effects. it's pretty easy. The yeah. thing I'll say, and maybe we didn't make this clear at the start, is this is like a separate deck that you talked about earlier, yeah. almost like a side deck. It's not part of your main library. You draft the com contraptions, or I guess if you did sealed, you just use the contraptions, but they're separate from your main deck. They sit in a different place on the table, and they... Get, and you you shuffle that deck of contraptions and you sort of flip the top one randomly when you assemble one. Yeah. Um, now these. This is obviously not going to work for Commander. It's yeah, just. It's. You couldn't construct it. It would probably be too powerful. Um, you could just put only one contraption in just so you guaranteed get that one because you don't yeah. have a bunch. Yeah. It's just. You do need cards to assemble it. So you need true. to make your deck around it. But at the same time, it's. Here's the thing. You either have to just ban a lot of contraptions because some of, otherwise every single player, there's no reason I think you wouldn't play with some contraptions. Well, you have to put assemble in the deck. So. Yeah, I mean, there's some that are so powerful, yeah. though, that it's just going to be... And, and the other thing is I think it adds too much complexity to the whole, like, oh, do you get access to a sideboard in Commander? You know, it's it's I think it's taking away from what the game is about, too. And the fact that normally you're drafting these and that's how you're playing them, I think that's why they work. They're super cool within the confines of the set, though. I really liked it when we got to play the games, how the contraptions played out. It's very interesting. Creates a lot of complexity when you're drafting about whether you take yeah. a real card for your deck or a contraption. Um, but for Commander, I think they're just out. We just can't use them. You can um, interact with them, though, in-game. If they, if you guys do decide to play with these, oh, they are yeah. artifacts. So if you can remove an artifact, you can remove a contraption. They are and on the battlefield Anything that, that sort way. of counts the number of artifacts you have would count your contraptions right. that have been assembled. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the next mechanic that's pretty prevalent in the set is dice rolling. Yeah. So there hasn't been a lot of dice rolling in Magic up till this point. In fact, barely any at all. I think it's all in the un unsets. And we have coin um, flipping mostly. Is that yeah, that's we have, the way? Yeah, yeah, coin flipping is the randomness. This randomness is dice rolling. It kind of... There's a few different ways the dice rolling works, but mostly there's cards that roll dice, and there's also cards that care about dice rolls. And some of those are the same cards. So a card might say... If you, whenever you roll a dice, if you roll a four or more, do this. Yep. And then another card might say, roll two dice and and then do Shoes. this. And then that card that rolled right. the dice would also affect the other card that cared about any time mm -hmm. you roll a dice. Um, other cards that say, when you roll a dice, you can add one to the final result or roll two dice instead of one and you choose the outcome. Yeah. And no. I think this mechanic is probably fine. Um, none, none of these cards seem insanely powerful. In fact... They're all high variants. Sometimes you can roll a one, and yeah. some, and, and you paid five mana. You'll you, see in game nights how the variance really does swing it, some games here. It affects it. Yeah, but I sure. think they're probably fine, which is good. If you allowed them, you could basically, I think, say, 
yeah, you can use in as many dice rolling cards as you want, and then you would need to because if you're gonna have dice rolling cards, you want a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd have to build around it for mm-hmm. sure. But again, this is perfect for that chaos player, I think, or that person that wants to. I mean, even having, I mean, like when someone ultimates Rouseric, for instance, it's really fun because it's like all right, flip a coin a bunch of times, you never know what's gonna happen. So yeah. I like dice rolling in that regard. Uh, the third mechanic is called outside assistance Uh, outside assistance there's a number of cards in the set that ask you to sort of interact with players that are outside of your current game or in another silver bordered game as well that gets pretty specific on some cards yeah so there's a card called sacrifice play that you play it and then a person from outside your game you choose them and then they pick an attacking or blocking creature and make the person sacrifice it (laughs) so you don't know what like, so if you're attacked yeah. with three creatures and you're like, hey, Joe, what are you doing? Can you come over here? And you're like, hey, can you choose one of their creatures that they sacrifice? They could choose their best creature. They could choose their worst creature. You don't know what they're going to do. That's just one aspect, one card that uh, has outside assistance. Um, this it's, pro- is, it's just, yeah, I don't think it's going to work. It's too annoying. Also, like, you have better cards to do that thing. You know, this is meant for the draft environment when you're all at a store and yeah. you can have some crazy shenanigans going on. Um so yeah and also how many times are you playing commander where it's just you and your buds and there's nobody else there oh all the well, time then <laughs> that cards just can't be played or what it's just yeah i think it's just too annoying you just can't probably use the outside assistant cards yeah uh, as cool as they are um one of the other mechanics is called host and augment here we can this, do this is fun together so what happens is there's a there are cards called host cards right so i'm gonna play no main engine it's a four drop Two two, and when it enters the battlefield, create a one one colorless gnome artifact creature token. Haha! But if you look, it's a very weird formatting. There's like a little pin and a little piece of paper on the left side of the card, and then there's a little scratch through the name of Nomade Engine, and it goes all the way down, and it sees that the art is actually kind of split in two. So it's host creature construct. Yeah. So the host creatures are all look like this Nomade Engine, and they all have an effect, and it's they're all an enter the battlefield effect. So mm. every host creature automatically does something when it comes into play. But then you can use an augment card. So host and augment is this mechanic. And the augment card can only be attached to a host card. And it affects, it changes what that card is. So right here, I've got half shark, half. So I would cast it and it would become a half shark, half engine. And the art lines up perfectly. The art lines really up, so it design. looks like a half shark, half engine. <laughs> and what the shark half adds to the no main engine is it it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, comma, now you read the part from the engine, create a 1-1 gnome artifact creature token. So now with the half shark, half engine, you're creating a 1-1 colorless artifact token every upkeep. Right. Now you can see the augment has its own cost here. It's five and a blue. And it also has... It's power and toughness, but there's a little plus, and some of them have minuses yeah. by it. So the half shark actually adds plus three, plus three to the t- no-made engine. So now you've created a creature. It's kind of like meld a little bit. Yeah. That it's meld meets a- enchantment aura a little bit. Yeah. Except it doesn't... We've already talked about this when we talked about the episode. The creature stays now. If it gets flickered out of the battlefield and comes back, it doesn't come back as two separate pieces. Yeah. It is this thing. The augmented creature is is a creature all by itself. So if you destroy it, you destroy both. But if you flicker it, you flicker both. Yeah, and uh, it comes back as the same thing. Yeah. So now the half-shark, half-engine is actually a 5-5 five, five that creates a 1-1 one, one gnome artifact every upkeep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, the other half will of, add All fun. of your upkeeps. Right. Yeah. So, it, there's a lot of different things that will add. The important thing to know is that if you have a augment card in your hand, 
you actually cannot cast it for anything except for its augment cost. It's an alternative casting cost because there's no CMC on this card. So it can and it only... has to be ca- cast onto a host. It can't yeah. go onto other creatures. Yeah. So, but very cool mechanic. I love the art and the design of it. Whether or not this works in Commander, iffy. I'm unsure. Oh boy, unbelievable. Here's the thing, and I think Morrow. Uh, listen, I'm gonna get the numbers slightly off, but I think he said something like there's like 240 different combinations yeah, a lot. with the host and augment stuff, and it's hard to just looking at them know which ones would be broken or not. Um, we do know that there was already kind of a mistake made, and they had to errata the card. So there was a there's half squirrel. Half pony or half and squirrel. There's, there's pony ordinary or pony and yeah. half squirrel, and if you put those two together, they go infinite because by itself by itself and they had to errata the ordinary pony saying that it couldn't flicker a card that it had already flickered or something this yeah, turn. yeah yeah so that kind of the fact that there are so many different combinations leads me to believe there's believe there's probably other broken ones and this might be a little bit dangerous to include in commander but if you did you'd have to sort of say okay you can use all the host augments because in order to build a deck that has it yeah. i mean otherwise you're just playing a card that only interacts with one other card in your deck yeah you, i mean you would that's the thing is you'd probably want to play as many as possible. Uh, there might be some ETB ones that are powerful enough on their own to on play their in, own, like yeah. and runes. And, and here's the thing is that you could probably play some of these and try and build infinite combos off that. I wouldn't be surprised at all how many, if you had a host augment out that interacts with one other card, just goes straight infinite. So I'm sure there's a lot of that there as well. So it's a very interesting proposition. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I think it's going to be something that the players will have to kind of navigate on their own. And again, we'll ask you and, and by the two of the listeners, but... We would love for you guys to help try out. I mean, let's say like Josh Kim or Mel Lee came to us and said, "Hey guys, I, I want to build a hold host." On, hold on. Craig is the only person. Maybe. That would come hey guys, <laughs> I want to build a host augment. Mel Lee could do it. Yeah, uh, for sure. I want to build a host augment deck. And are you guys gonna get mad if I play it? We'd both be like, "No, do it. Let's see." Heck yeah, yeah. do it. Yeah, I want to see it in It'd action. Be awesome. Um, the last new mechanic is kind of a weird one. It's sort of the watermarks matter mechanic. So right. there are sort of. There are five different factions in Unstable, and they all have a watermark. And you can see it on, let's just look at the card X, which we'll talk about later. But you can see on the text box of the card X that it has a watermark. And yeah, so, similar to like Ravnica guilds and stuff. And Phyrexian watermark is yeah. on a lot of stuff. Um, so, there are cards that refer to watermarks, and some of them are generic enough that they could work with, like you said, the Is It guild symbol or mm-hmm. the Phyrexian watermark. In fact, there's a card called water market and it's a land <laughs> and it taps for two colorless or diamond mana but you can spend uh this mana only to cast spells with watermarks mm. it doesn't care what the watermark is just that it has a watermark so would water market be an okay card to play in commander it's, oh, it's but we already have ancient tomb we already have yeah I mean, Ancient Tomb is still strictly better because it can cast everything although it does damage time, to you it does damage to you but hey like a land that just taps for two mana without that many restrictions is pretty powerful by itself. I mean, but we have, you know, Eye of Ugin and, and... Yeah, I mean, it just depends on... I mean, right, Eye of Ugin is probably similarly restrictive. Uh, it just de- to depends totally on if you want to build your deck and have a lot of watermarks in it. Otherwise, that land does not tap for anything. I think somebody right? would have to do a comprehensive list of all the cards that have watermarks to know if watermark it is okay, but it seems extremely powerful yeah. if in the right deck. Um, and go. <laughs> yeah. We'll see the list by next also, week, Also, right? does watermark mean a mark that was actually made by water? Could you, like, drip water onto one of your cards? Oh, my and be goodness. like... That has a mark from water on it. I'm sure a judge would probably. So I can rule cast you out of it, it with my watermark. Are you dripping water on our play on our play group when we're playing, Josh? I don't know how I feel about this. He's over there, just a little no, you squirt do it bottle. beforehand. <laughs> You're like, hold on, hold on, guys. <laughs> okay, now all right, I play they all this. got watermarks. Yeah. <laughs> all 
Okay, so those are the new mechanics. Um, yeah, I think dice rolling's the most like totally fine, and the other ones are all a little bit problematic. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of cards that don't have these mechanics that we're going to talk about. I wanted to say off the bat, there are 10 new legendary creatures in the set. Ooh, yeah. A lot. Um, and they're all pretty cool. And another thing they could have done here is they could have said, okay, we're just going to bl- make a blanket statement that all the legendary creatures from Unstable are legal in Commander. Right. Except they messed up on at least one of them that definitely cannot be legal, which right. we'll talk about later. And I, that's like another thing is like, man, uh, I just wish there was a clean way to make some of these cards legal with like one sentence. Hopefully the rules committee will figure out something because I, I, it, I think it would be a mistake given how long they've been working on this set and how many of these cards are good for a commander and potentially fun to not figure out how to make some of them. Yeah, work. I hope so. they can. Okay. We'll so let's, um, again, three categories. Probably okay. Maybe okay. Most likely not okay. You'll see that we've hedged on never doing just not okay. Unless, well, there's one card that's clearly not okay. <laughs> I think there's a few. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, again... Some playgroups do some crazy things, and you could find the most broken card in this and still lose to a turn two Hermit Druid. So deal with it. That's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to start out with the probably okay. Um, we have most of the cards we opened, but we, there's a guy? few we didn't, so I'm going to bring this one up on my phone. This is Old Buzzbark. Old Buzzbark. Old Buzzbark costs red, Buzzbark green, and farm. X. <laughs> red, green, and X for a 3 3 legendary creature, Goblin Warrior, so it could be your commander. When Old Buzzbark enters the battlefield, you roll X six-sided dice onto the battlefield from a height of at least X inches. Let's just pause right there. So if you pay red, green, and X is equal to six, you're going to roll six six-sided dice from at least six inches. Yeah, there's going to be no arguments about that. how high six inches is, are there? Then for each dice, you roll that from six inches above the battlefield, you drop six dice onto the battlefield. And then for each die... You put a number of 1-1 counters equal to the result on each creature you control that the die is touching. Or, for each die, uh, Buzzbark deals damage equal to the result to each creature an opponent controls that the die is touching. So again, you take your 6 dice, if X is equal to 6, you drop it from 6 inches above the battlefield, and then any dice that's touching your opponent's creatures, it deals deals that that amount of damage, whatever the... The the dice is. Like, let's say a 3 landed on Jimmy's Oracle of Moldiah... And a two landed on Jimmy's Blightsteel Colossus. Oh, come would... on. Why can't it be the other way around? Oh, it'd still kill the Oracle. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so it kills the Oracle. The Blightsteel lives. And then your Atraxa got, you know, two dice on it. One's a one and one's a three. Atraxa will get four one-one counters. Right. Um, and the it. other two aren't touching anything. So nothing happens with those. That's kind of the craziness. Now you can make X equal to 50. I don't know. You got to have a lot of dice on you if you yeah, want to yeah, run old but buzzbark. Fifty inches is the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, so you're like four feet above the table. The issue with this is <laughs> it's once, gonna go everywhere. Once you get past like ten inches, you are in active danger of of dinging cards. <laughs> Not just that. Like a lot of them are just gonna go off the table. Yeah, yeah. Like 100%. if you drop it from from three feet above the table, they're going everywhere. I mean, we probably need a scientific study to figure out what the ideal X is for a commander like Old Buzzbark because you know maybe it's like seven to ten, right? Because yeah. at this at a certain point, they're just gonna ricochet everywhere. You're right. You need like nerf dice. See now, then, then that's 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 the other thing about these cards is like, can you do that? Can you bring in dice that are going like? What if I brought in like, I don't know. That's a really good point. It makes me want to move him from the probably okay because I think power level wise, this is totally fine. Oh yeah, yeah, this is totally, totally fine. Like it, it's just totally random, and it can't do more it? really than six damage to anything. I mean, yeah, two dice can land on the same thing, but that's just. I mean, here's the thing. You can do it over your table, or you can do it over the middle of the table. You can kind of roll the dice anywhere, You can do it right? for three, yeah. and so you can really aim it. 
I mean, here's the other thing, guys. Uh, old buzz bark seems like craziness, but you know what also kills a lot of creatures and is legal in every format? Oh, board wipes. So <laughs> that's why I think it's maybe I want to okay. run an experiment. All right, Josh is going to run the experiment here. Uh, vamp, vamp. So vamp, vamp, vamp. Vampires are not in this set, I don't think. Um, okay, I'm getting right. out of my... Out of actually Jimmy's cool wooden Ultra Pro deck yeah. box. I love that thing. I got some dice. How many do you have? Four. Okay, so X is equal to four. Let's say X is equal to four, and I wanted to aim it. Out here. Yeah, and I wanted to aim it. So we've got a few creatures out here. Let's just say, like, those are your creatures. Okay. And those are your opponents. Oh, okay, okay. And can you, like, push your stuff near there? It's like right Well, that's, you I mean, one of the cards has, what was it, uh, almost yeah, second? Yeah, Slaying the, Mantis says you can't move cards. You can't move cards. It has cast just it, yeah. a second. Just a second, yeah. <laughs> but um, this one doesn't say that. So I think, you can, inches, so I think before like, you play it, you can just be like, oh, move all your stuff real close to theirs. Yeah. All right, from at least this high over here. Okay. So let's, I'm going to just try and aim okay. it. All right. You are I touching one. one. You're doing four damage to this card right here. And that was even iffy because it was, like, barely touching. Ah. <sighs> I'm gonna change old maybe, Buzzbark to maybe okay. Maybe you gotta drop it in like a specific way. Do you have to drop them all at once, or can you do one at a time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, what are the rules of dice rolling? Because technically, you could drop them one at a time. Okay, that was better. I did one damage here and gave six counters there. Uh, power level wise, this seems totally fine. Yes. Um, there are just a lot of extra <laughs> rules. I don't know how you would classify how to make this. I have a feeling this. it will cause a lot of arguments. I mean, oh god, even from three inches, I didn't touch anything. Maybe like, look. X is equal to one. One, even that's like iffy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was iffy. Well, too. we've done some uh, R and D on how the dice rolling works. Whether old Buzzbark is is overpowered, I think, is easy to answer. He's not. Yeah, we are not. Is uh, it annoying a little bit? Yeah, it's it's definitely going to cause some arguments. I mean, I think a lot of the, the these cards will also cause some debate. Like, hold on, you have to, you know, you can't move cards before you roll a dice. You have to do, you know, whatever. All right, um, graveyard busybody is another card here. Four blue blue for a creature human spy, star star. Um, all graveyards are also your graveyards. Graveyard Busybody's power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards with flavor text in your graveyards. And uh, you have to hang around the graveyard if you want to catch the talking dead. That's what it I mean, really, says. it's the first thing. All graveyards are your graveyards. That's, yeah, it's like yeah. an enchantment mm. level. Pretty absurd because a lot of reanimate, reanimate cards say specifically from your, your graveyard. graveyard. Yeah, so. Now, they put it in blue, I think, on purpose, so you can't run it with, like, Carador and Marin and stuff. Um, right. But... Atraxa. I think it's probably okay, although... I. To, to sort of go comprehensively through all the cards in Magic's history that say your graveyard and figure out, does this break that wide open? I think yeah. probably not. Probably not. Um, and it's six mana, so. All right. Okay. Hey, what's the... Uh... What's the big idea is the next one. It's called the big idea. It's four red red for a four four legendary creature. So this one could be your commander. You can pay two and then two hybrid uh, Rakdos, which is... Um, red black so four mana total and then you tap the big idea you roll a six-sided die and then you create a number of one one red brainiac creature tokens equal to the result so you roll a dice let's say and you make three brainiacs and then it also has an ability you can tap three untapped brainiacs you control and the next time you would roll a six-sided dice roll two six-sided dice um 
and then total those results. So right. now that I have three, the next time I do it, I activate them and I would roll one, but I can tap my three Brainiacs and now I can roll two and total the results and I just got a 12. <laughs> so now I'm going to have 15, which means that I can activate the tap three and t- tap Brainiacs next time five yes. times and roll six dice instead yeah. of one. So, so this, it scales. this is like one of the most powerful cards in terms of... I don't think red's ever had. Well, it's a red black commander. Yeah. I don't think they've ever had this amount of token generation. Uh, Krinko. Yeah, but like, I think this Krinko get, doubles, right? So, Krinko double yeah. doubles. Yeah, but I could see big idea getting out of control if, if you find a way to. I don't know. I, I, I like this card a lot. I think. I mean, get a Perforos out. Oh god. And all of a sudden, but it doesn't seem more powerful than like Krinko or something. I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's fine too. I think it's fun. And it costs six mana, and you have to tap it, so you'd have mm-hmm. to give it haste, which you're in red, you can do. But four mana to tap it as well, so you need to have. 10. 10 mana. Yeah, and it's red and black, so those are totally great fine. for ramp. So. Yeah, yeah, seems totally fine. It's fine. Uh, Especially if you're rolling 6-6 six, six every time, Josh. Jeez. <laughs> if you roll 12. <laughs> yeah, gosh. <laughs> you, which you rolled a bunch, actually. It's kind of crazy. Grisilda, Monster Masher. This card is crazy. Three black and a red, so another Rakdos commander here. It's a 4-4 four, four legendary creature, zombie villain. Combined, enchanted, and equipped creatures you control have menace. So combined would be like host. I don't know if this counts for meld as well. I feel like it should, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the what official rules. I think it does. Yeah, but also it accounts for what she's about to do. Right. So combined is a weird word. Yeah. I don't think we've three seen three a black and a red and tap uh, Griselda. Put two target creature cards from graveyards onto the battlefield combined into one creature under your control. So its power is equal to their total power. Its toughness is equal to their total toughness, and it has their names, mana cost types, text boxes. Etc. It has everything. So, has so everything. if you took like a Mole Drifter and an Oracle of Moldiah, you'd have a 4-4 flying, draws you two cards, play with the top card of your library revealed, revealed. can play an extra land each turn, and you can play the top card of your library if it's land. And is called both the card names and is blue and green. Oh, yeah. And, and is a creature type, creature elemental, type, shaman. Elf, elf shaman, yeah. Yeah. She an elf? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty crazy. That's but pretty crazy. Again, I think this is fine because it's... Five mana and tap Griselda to do it. It's also dependent on what your opponents have in graveyards. And you or your, your own. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's so. a ton of setup. I think it could create some really cool things, but Necrotic Oozes and Mimeoplasms and stuff already create a lot of those mm-hmm. combinations. Marisil does similar things. Yeah, and people so. play Scavenging Oozes in decks too, so you, you could get screwed over by a lot of graveyard hate, which is becoming more and more relevant with Marin decks running around all the time. It does not exile the creatures that it... It just puts them on. Normally, the that does them. Yeah, so you just yeah. that actually brings them out and combines them. Actually, if you had like a homeward path, wouldn't they go back? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. The rules with Unstable are really hard to figure yeah, out. So I mean, sorry if we get a few wrong. Yeah, and, and Mark that's... also has posted a pretty comprehensive sort of like within the world of Unstable how stuff works as well. So yeah, he hasn't actually answered every interaction with every card outside of Unstable. Though. This one I'm playing. Uh, this one. You sh- you should just 100 percent allow this. We should just say this one should be allowed because it's definitely okay. A new category. <laughs> yeah, this yeah this is not probably okay. It's definitely okay. This is called summon the pack. It's seven and a black for a sorcery. It says open a sealed magic booster pack. Reveal the cards and put all creature cards revealed this way onto the battlefield under your control. There's zombies in addition to other types. Wow. You get to open a booster pack. Yeah, and then play cards out of it, too. <laughs> oh, awesome. my goodness. It gives you a really good excuse to just crack a pack. Yeah, at the table, too, yeah. no less. Um, it's eight mana to do, right? For eight mana, you could, you're almost to rising the dark realms uh, with cards that you know are going to be good. So, <laughs> But in some of the pack, you don't even know what. You can get anything. Yeah, you might even have a creature light pack, and, you know, it's crazy. So 
but at the same time, you could, you could also just always have Innistrad packs around and hope you open like a Grizzle brand. <laughs> oh, that would be sweet. You could get around some of the band. Yeah, or you, you could snap do cast Rise of the Mage and you cast OG it again. Emmercool. OG cool. Oh my gosh, you're right. Um, yeah, I think this card is sweet. I really want to play it in draft, but I also that I'd, if somebody played it in Commander, I would. I would give them mad props. Yeah. yeah. Oddly uneven, definitely, I think, okay. Three white-white for a sorcery. Choose one. Destroy each creature with an odd number of words in its name. Hyphenated words are one word. Or destroy each creature with an even number of words in its name. So it's five mana for a conditional board wipe. It's 100% and you, okay. <laughs> you can make it sort of in your favor, right? You can be like, yeah. oh, all my stuff just happens. Or like four of my five creatures have odd, no, odd yeah. number of words in their name. So I'm going to choose odd. And it'll get rid of most stuff out there, and then the, a couple things will just randomly survive. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to make it so that it's Cyclonic Rift, so yeah. I think it's totally fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just interesting. Um, the next one is one of my favorite cards from the set. It's called Earl of Squirrel. It's actually your playmat that you have in front of you right now. Yeah, too. it's true. It's a four green green for a four four creature squirrel advisor. It is not a legendary creature. No. This is... I even told Mark, I was like, dude, why is it not legendary? Um, they had reasons. It it has it. Squirrel Link. <laughs> this yes. is why I like it. So it's a 4-4 four, four with Squirrel Link. And what Squirrel Link is, the damage dealt by this creature also causes you to create that many 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature tokens. <laughs> so if Earl Squirrel hits somebody and has no, you know, nothing, nothing pumping in yeah. or anything, you get four 1-1 one, <laughs> one, one squirrels. squirrels so. If you could turn them into like a 10-10 or play them in like Rafik, yeah. you could all of a sudden be getting like 20 squirrels when he Ooh, connects. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Creature tokens... You control our squirrels in addition to their other creature types. So if you just create some sapperlings, there's squirrel sapperlings. Squirrel sapperlings, yeah. And then other squirrels you control get plus one, plus one. So he's a squirrel Sick. lord. How is this not a legendary creature? I don't know. I don't know. Lord of uh, Atlantis isn't legendary. Yeah. <laughs> but this is an Earl. I don't know. It's this the card's Earl. sweet. It's totally fine, especially it's not because like, it's not a commander. It's not like Tom, the Earl of Squirrel. It's just Earl of Squirrel. So maybe there's more of him out there. I guess there's more the idea, orals right? of squirrel. Yeah, I don't know. The name's sweet. Everything about it's sweet, except for the lack of the legendary. Put that one on the word your legendary. side. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm All right. My... Now this is a card that we've actually seen already before. It's the Sword of Dungeons and Dragons. It was part of the Hascon promotional cards that you could get at Hascon this year. It's three mana for an artifact equipment. So it's much like the Sword of Fire and Ice and all those. It says equipped creature gets plus two plus two and has protection from rogues and from clerics. So. Not powerful. I don't know. Against Shadowborn Apostles is pretty good, I guess. They're not really attacking you. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create a 4-4 gold dragon creature token with flying and roll a d20. That's a 20-sided die. If you roll a 20, repeat this process. So... <laughs> So whenever it does combat damage, you make a 4-4 green dragon creature token. Now, this costs 2 to equip. I think this is totally balanced, honestly. Um, the It's not even as good as Feast and Famine or Fire and Ice. Yeah. Those cards all have two effects. This essentially lets you make a 4-4 sweet dragon creature token. Maybe make another one if you roll a one out, 5% eight. of the time you make it two. Yeah, that and that I would just not happen that often. I'm showing off the dragon token now. Um, this is a good opportunity actually for us to talk about the fact that each pack of Unstable comes with a foil token of some kind. Yeah, they're absurd. And there are two kinds of tokens. So there are tokens that are unique t- or are within the Unstable set. So the dragon... Or there's like squirrels, which we just talked about. Yep. And those tokens, you can see them here. 
have silver borders. Have silver borders, and the silver borders look sweet in foil. And then there, you know, the advertisement cards that yeah. go in the packs. On the back of those is the advertisement cards. Um, but they're all jokes in Unstable. None of them are actual advertisements. Yeah, the advertisements are jokes. In fact, the... Um, oh my gosh, this one's the best. The, the Gold Dragon Tokens advertisement card is... Is a Dungeon and Dragons inspired by the hit magic card. <laughs> as if Dungeons and Dragons was inspired by magic. Um, so there, those that's one kind, right? The stuff that comes in Unstable, that's that's the tokens are used in Unstable. But they also printed a bunch of tokens that don't actually appear in the Unstable set. Right. And those have black border. Yeah, so for instance, there is the Angel, this 4-4 Angel. You may remember this art by Magali Villeneuve. Uh, and the cool thing about this is black border. It's a foil, full art token. And on the back is a full art version of that art. I mean, we're talking full art in that there's no text of any kind and there's no border yeah. on the back. It's pretty awesome. So there's elementals, there's Sapperlings, Sapperlings clues, beast tokens like Beast Within, uh, a lot of really cool stuff. The Angel Suite. Yeah. So and you there's get, a foil token in every pack. Yeah. So pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, okay. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, Sword of Dungeons and Dragons, I think it's totally fine. All right. The next card is Every Thingamajig. It's a five cost artifact has three abilities. You can pay two and tap it to move a counter from one permanent onto another. Any counter. You could move it from a planeswalker mm -hmm. to a creature, right? And then if the second permanent refers to any kind of counter, the move counter becomes a counter of that type. So let's say you had like charge counters and plus one, plus one counters. If you moved a plus one, plus one counter onto something with a charge counter, then that would become a charge counter. Um Interesting. But otherwise, it's a plus one, plus one counter. So if you put it onto a creature that doesn't refer to plus one, plus one counters, it becomes a plus one, plus one counter. I don't actually know if the Planeswalker thing works. Um, I don't know if they're counters. Loyalty counters, they are, because they work with doubling speed. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, anyway, that, that's the first ability. Two and tap is to do that. Three and tap the everything majig, and you put a one, one counter onto target creature. So you just skip that whole moving around process and just be like, that thing gets plus one, plus one counter. The yep. fourth, the, the third ability is to pay four, tap the everything majig, and proliferate. Cool. I mean, this card has a Trax's name written all over it, right? This card just seems absurd, honestly. I yeah. think this is probably one of the more powerful cards that we've seen here. This is, I still think it's probably okay. It costs nine mana to do it. It's not yeah. that much more powerful than like... Um, Again, doubling season just blows contagion, us out of the water. <laughs> contagion Engine, Contagion Clasp are, yeah. I think, close to the same power level. Um, this does add a counter or move counters around. It's cool that it changes the counters as well, so yeah. I can see some some fun. There might be some shenanigans with like moving stuff onto something that's hard to get counters on or off. Yeah, of. but when yeah. you have just a cute interaction with one card in your deck and you're trying to build a deck around it, you're not. It's not going to really I think make it's your fine. deck better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last one we have in the probably okay category is the very, aforementioned. Yeah, very cryptic command. Um, now this this art was done by Zoltan, I think. Bor yeah, Zoltan. Um, it's one blue, blue, blue. So same casting cost as cryptic command, and it says instant choose two. So very similar so far. Untap two target permanents. Okay. Tap each target permanent target player controls with exactly one word in its name. Okay. Discard all the cards in your hand, then draw that many cards. Or return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. So this is very powerful. Untapping two targets and returning a target instant or sorcery is pretty sweet. It doesn't have counter target spell on it. It seems which, which, worse than regular Cryptic Command. Yeah, for sure. Because you can't guarantee tap down all the creatures in the opponent controls. There's no drawing cards on there. Yeah. Although it says... Well, you get a windfall, so... Tap each yourself. permanent target player controls with exactly one word in it. All the basic lands have only one word in it. Oh. So you tap all their basic lands. Although in oh. Commander, that's not that still leaves them with like half their lands on tap yeah. at least. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, it's definitely weaker than real Cryptic Command. And this seems totally fine. Seems totally fine. 
All right, let's move to the next category, which is stuff that we think is maybe okay. It's, Just maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's it's there. For a lot of these, you have to consider them in conjunction with every card in the history of Magic, which our brain is not capable of doing. So we might miss an interaction, but for the most part, I think these are okay. The first one's interesting. It's called, it's Phoebe, the head of Sneak. One of the watermarks. S n e a k. Sneak is one of the yeah one of the factions or watermark cards in um, Unstable. She costs one and Demir, one blue, black. For a 2-3, legendary creature, human spy can be your commander. Phoebe, head of sneak, can't be blocked by creatures with flavor text. Then you can pay two, a blue and a black, and Phoebe permanently steals target creature's text box. This does not cause her to tap, so you could do this as many times as you have two, a blue, and a black. It says, as reminder text, um, when... Sorry, Phoebe permanently steals target creature's text box. Then reminder, that creature loses all rules text, flavor text, and watermarks. This creature gains them. Phoebe can gain more than one ability. She can great or sorry, text box. She can she can grab as many as you've got mana for. Now, I, I believe Mark did uh, clarify that if Phoebe leaves the battlefield and comes back, she does not keep. Right. It's not that kind it's, of It's the different version of the card that comes back if you do flicker in. Um, yeah. Wow, could you imagine her stealing, like, a Traxa? Yeah, you get a Traxa's text box. Boom. You get... Everything. Flying, Vigilance, Death Touch, Lifelink. Yeah. Wow. And you get the thing where you put a counter on everything, right? Yeah, proliferate at the end um, of the turn. Yeah, so, I mean, this card seems... I mean, one that's a legendary creature, right? And it's a three-drop commander, and also her activate ability is four. I think it's powerful. The fact that it doesn't tap her... You know, yeah, makes it pretty scary. Well, I mean, what if she just takes something with hexproof? Boof, boom, just it's steal all... Narsets. Although Narset has hexproof, although the thing would have hexproof. Oh, you're right. So, so I can guess never you steal hexproof. hexproof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> Unless you do something where all creatures lose hexproof until end of turn, steal it, and then at the end of turn it would come back. Oh, that's or does? But when, but when you lose hexproof, does it mean that disappears off the text box? No, because she still no. takes the text box. She still has the text box. Yeah, it's interesting. Just, hexproof doesn't work for that turn. Oh, yeah. that's really good. The what's the? It's the mirror. The panoptic, panoptic mirror. mirror does it. Yeah, a couple a of cards do it. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a whole bunch of broken stuff you can do with Phoebe, right? Because it's the same thing as like Marisil, probably yeah. Grisilda and stuff, but it doesn't have that. Same thing that uh, Grisilda has and a few of the other cards where it's slower because you can play her and activate in the same turn. You yeah. don't have to steal your opponent's text box. You can steal text box from your own stuff. It's glaring spotlight, not glaring spotlight. Yeah, 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 sorry. Um, anyway, this card seems really powerful, and I think I would be happy to let people play it until I saw like too much broken stuff out of it. I think you can do broken things, but you can do broken things with every commander. Yep, very true. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on. Clock Napper, uh, three blue, blue. 2-2, two, two, human spy, when Clocknapper enters the battlefield, choose beginning phase, pre-combat man phase, combat phase, post-combat man phase, or ending phase. Steal that phase from target player during his or her next turn. I know Josh is going to swing for lethal. I play Clocknapper and say, hey, you cannot have your combat phase next turn. And in fact, I get your combat phase. But to clarify, this is not a mind slaver effect. I don't control your... Right. I don't control you during your combat phase. I just get your combat phase, so, so I can attack with combat, my creatures during, during your, your combat, combat phase. Yeah. I like this card a lot. If you can flicker it, that means you're essentially playing a very similar game to what Prophet helped you do you know, back in with the day. With Deadeye Navigator. So because beginning phase includes untap, it's uncap, upkeep, draw, you could go on infinite very easily with Deadeye or anything that just flickers this for any amount of mana that's repeatable. So Eldrazi... True, uh, like even like Miss Meta Witch and stuff like that Displacer, would do it. Displacer, yeah. Um, yeah, well, Eldrazi Displacer because you'd untap. Yeah, you could do it at end steps each time for yeah, yeah. So, so it'd be like I'm gonna steal your beginning phase. I get to untap, upkeep, draw, 
because I untapped. And they also don't get to untap, right? So if you have an ability that can tap their permanence, if you play very cryptic command. Or if you just wait till they're tapped out, which happens all the time, right? Yeah. How often does it come to your turn? Everyone's just tapped out. And yeah. I just play Clocknapper, take your untap, upkeep and draw. Then yep. use the Eldrazi Displacer or whatever to take the next person's and the next person's. It's a pretty yeah. big lockdown because they can only play lands. It at that might point. be. We might need to move this one to most likely not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although, I got to say, so many things are broken with Deadeye that it may not be a clock napper problem. It might be a Deadeye problem. But yeah, the propensity to, to lock down the entire board. We've been saying that one for years. Yeah. Um, all right. What's the next one? Oh, the next one is X. X. X is the name Gold. of the legendary yeah, creature. The human spy cost two mana, blue and a black for a two-two. As long as X is in X's owner's opponent's hand, X's owner may cast X and activate X's abilities. That opponent can't cast X and plays with his or her hand revealed. This is complicated. I'll explain in a second. You can you can pay a blue, a black, and tap uh, X to put X into target opponent's hand, or you can pay three, a blue, and a black. And then you may play a card in the same hand as X without paying its mana cost. So X is a spy card, right? So I activate, pay two mana, and tap it. And then I put it into Jimmy's hand. Wait, what? So now Jimmy has X in his hand. X says that Jimmy can't play X, though. He can't play that card. He's just X is just hanging out. He's in his hand, and Jimmy can't move him around or do anything. I can still activate X's ability from Jimmy's hand, though. And Jimmy plays with his hand now revealed. Oh, no. So I've got X in his hand, and X is like telling me, he's like, hey, Jimmy's got blah, 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 blah. And I can play the cards out of his hand by doing X's second ability. Right, three blue and a black. But here's the thing. You can drop, I mean, that's cheating mana cost in blue-black, which doesn't happen as often. Uh, it's kind. You can like Elvish Piper out something, essentially, in a weird way. Not Elvish it's Piper. a little centriplicy. Yeah, a little centriplicy, but you can pay only five mana to cast a Blightsteel, you know? Yeah. So there's lots of ways that if you target the right people, you can get a lot of sweet cards out of their hand. And the fact that they can't do anything about X. They can discard it, right? And that would be bad. But, like, otherwise, X is If they do, you can still there. put it in your command zone because it's yeah, changing zones. Exactly. So you just, X is, I, I don't know. This is a maybe. Definitely a maybe. It, it might be a little too powerful because of the mana cost. Yeah. Um, because normally I would say, well, it's a tap ability, so it's going to be slow. Like anything that comes out and can't act when it comes out is inherently less powerful. But because it's a two drop, yeah. It's you, like every player would have to get rid of it as soon as, like, if it was a five drop, fine. By that time, you have the ability to get rid of it. But if it just gets played on two and you just happen to not have a way to interact with it, you could just be screwed. Yeah. Uh, it's right. an interesting card. Maybe so far we're, we're sort of falling on the, the Phoebe's mm. okay, but Clocknap or an X might not yeah. be okay. Over my dead bodies, four black black for an enchantment. Creature cards in graveyards can attack and block as though they were on the battlefield. Can block or be blocked only by creature cards in graveyards. And are zombies in addition to their other types and have death touch. Undeath touch. If they would deal damage to a creature card, exile that creature card instead. Whoa, undeath touch is powerful. So creature cards in graveyards can attack and block as though they're on the battlefield. Can block or be blocked only by creature cards in graveyards. So essentially you're having... you like having a second a, a second, second war zone, yeah. yeah, just for graveyard creature combat. Yeah. And uh, if they deal damage to a creature card that if has to be would. in a graveyard, if they would, then they get exiled instead. And all the creature cards in your graveyard have haste. So you can play this... And then attack with all your stuff that was in your graveyard. Yeah. But the other people can block with the stuff that's in their graveyard. Right. It's but like the underworld is fighting. Here's the thing. If you're able to dump half your library into your graveyard, play this on like, and and then no one has anything else, you just destroy them. Right? Yeah. So, so this can be very powerful. That's why it's a maybe okay. Because obviously if you're in deck manipulation to be able to put your entire graveyard or your library into your graveyard and play this out. And yeah, just has, dredge type stuff. Yeah, and everyone else gets two cards maybe, but you all of a sudden have 30 creatures attacking and can't be blocked really. 
can be pretty powerful. So yeah, it's it's a maybe. It, it seems pretty good. I don't know about that one. <laughs> okay, I do like this one. It might cause longer games, which is the part I don't like. <laughs> might, <laughs> but it, it's okay. It's called the countdown is at one. Oh, that's true. You're right. It might. It's three red red for a sorcery. Players play a magic sub game, starting at one life and using their libraries as their decks. For the rest of the main game, if a source would deal damage to a player who didn't win the sub game, it deals double that damage to that player instead. So what happens is I play this card. Everything that's on the battlefield in our hands and our graveyards, they stay where they are. Put a playmat on top of it and take your deck with you. Yep. You put a playmat on top of it. You take your deck with you. You draw a new hand. You start a new game, but everybody's life total is at one. Yeah. Don't forget, you have to shuffle and do all that stuff, take mulligans and all that. You're playing yep. a new game. It's like Shaharazad. Whoever wins the game where everybody's life total starts at one, that person deals double damage to everybody else for the rest of the game. Yeah. To that player. So not creatures and stuff. So it's not yeah. like a full furnace of wrath kind of effect. It's only, yeah, damage to that to that player. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting. I think this, like, aggressive decks you know this could be really good in aggressive decks and aggressive decks in the format tend to be not very good so giving them a leg up or a hand is not bad although it's super risky because if you're in a four-player game i don't care how aggressive you are somebody just gets a creature out and swings at you early you could just lose yeah 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 i don't know it's interesting yeah and here's the thing that you get your commander yes i would think so unless it's in the game currently because we Right, so maybe they don't know if we did it or not. Oh, that's true. Uh, I don't know. I would have to ask Mark Rosewater. <laughs> I have no idea exactly how it would work. Another reason why maybe it's not okay because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there'd be a lot of arguments. All right, next by no means two in a white for an enchantment. You can pay one in a white to remove a counter from a permanent you control to create a one-one colorless gnome artifact creature token. Cool. Or you can pay one in a white to sacrifice an artifact to choose any kind of counter a printed card refers to, then put one of that counter on a target permanent. So. I believe you could do this with Planeswalkers if it refers Seems to like counters. It. I mean, here's the thing. I think the pretty card needs to refer to a counter. So if it's like this... Does it have to say the play, word counter? It or? may need to. So if it feels like this comes into play with five depletion counters, you know? I don't know how Planeswalkers work because they probably have something that's not on the card but is yeah. in their rules that they come in with X loyalty counters, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's referring to counters. Yeah. So we, I, I'm not sure about this. I mean, obviously being able to sack an artifact and not have to tap it or do anything is, is pretty powerful, but this is definitely on the more of maybe to probably okay for me. Yeah, especially because they cost colored mana. So yeah. it's a lot harder to sort of go infinite with it, even though you technically, I'm sure, can. Again, that's another Atraxa card, right? Yeah. Gosh, everything's in the tracks of card. Um, four colors. Jeez. The next one is Do It Your Seraph. It's four white, white for an artifact creature, cyborg angel. Cyborg. Four, four flyer. Whenever Do It Yourself Seraph attacks, you may search your library for an artifact card, exile it, then shuffle your library. Do It Yourself Seraph has the text box of each card exiled with Do It Yourself Seraph in addition to its own. So I it's attack like with. Yeah. It is a lot like Marisol, except it takes it out of your deck and not yeah. your graveyard. So I attack with Do-It-Yourself Seraph, and I go and I find, I don't know, what's a what's an artifact that you really find? Um, Swift Boots. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Swift Boots. No, because get... it only gives something else uh, hexproof. It a quick creature have, have yeah. haste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure, I guess you can't. Um, uh, you go get, like, Birthing Pod, or you go get, Oh, my like, gosh. You know, one of the really powerful, yeah, yeah. you know... Uh, Altar of Dementia. Yeah, I guess equipment isn't that good. Um, you go get uh, Ether Flux Reservoir. You can even get Mana Rock. Yeah, true. If you want to pay six mana for a Mana Rock, you go get one of your combo pieces. Though I'm just trying to think of the combo pieces that are in, you know, a lot of decks. Yeah. And 
But it's six mana. You could already enlighten tutor for a lot cheaper. Yeah, you can get that thing that stops the turn. <laughs> thing is, it puts it into play right now, basically, right? right? Now, it wouldn't matter. But it does it, have to attack, so its app abilities aren't as good. Right. But if it's a thing like um, like Aetherflux Reservoir or... Yeah. And uh, there are artifacts with Hexproof on them, right? Probably artifacts. I'm sure there are artifact creatures yeah. that have them. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. So Or, or Warm Coil Engine type stuff. Right. Um, right. But oh, yeah, that seems... There's probably some combos I'm not thinking of. It's there's It does definitely. seem okay, though. Yeah. I it's mean, six mana. And it has to attack. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, this next card is drawn by our good friend Jesper Icing, which is awesome. It's Baron it's Von Count, one black and a red for a 3-3. Legendary creature, human villain. Baron Von Count enters the battlefield with a Doom Counter on five. Whenever you cast a spell with the indicated numeral in its mana cost, text box, power, or toughness, move the tomb, Doom Counter one numeral to the left. So it's on five. If you cast a uh, five, a blue and a black card, or a card with five power, or a card that says five in the text box, it moves, says deal five damage yeah. or something. Yeah. And when the doom counter moves from one to zero, destroy target player and move that doom counter. Put that doom counter on five. So you you play Baron von Doom. You play a five five that moves yeah. the counter to four. You play something that says deal four damage to target creature. That you move it to three. You play lightning bolt. Move it to two. Yeah. Play blah blah blah. Signet. Yeah. And then play, you play uh, uh, the Sensei's Divining Top for one, and then you destroy target player, and you move the Doom Counter back to five. And you're like, yeah. It seems totally fine because you have to do that so many so times, many times yeah. to destroy everybody. Now, now the first person you're going to destroy, though, that's going to be like a lot of politics at that oh point. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's not you're that hard one. to get rid of one person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still five cards to do it, though, right? You have to cast something five times. So it's, it's true. But take think a lot. of like how we said it, three, two, and one, you could do really easily with yeah. Lightning Bolt, a Signet, and Sensei's Divine Top. That's four mana total. You could, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> There's we'll probably see. some like, oh, like Wall of Wood, uh, oh, 05. Yeah. That only costs two mana. Do that. It adds a mana. Well, back. That's true. You don't have to cast Although the five green. Drop. It just has to say five in it. Yeah. So. It, it's green, though. So it. Who you knows? Can't, you can't that, do wall of wood. I'm the sorry. The card is absurd. I am interested to see if it's broken or not. It would require a very specific build around because it's a black... Again, Rakdos. They have a bunch of Rakdos commanders. Oh, this next one's great. This next one to me is the most perfectly designed card in the set as far as yeah. like... It's just... It's the cleanest. It's so clean. It's so clean. It's Crow Storm. It's two and a blue. For a sorcery, you create a one-two blue bird creature token with flying named Stormcrow. So it exactly creates a Stormcrow. For, but it has Storm. So when you cast this spell, <laughs> copy it for each spell cast before it this turn. So many people are going to be so excited for this card. It's sweet. Yeah. I it's think Crow it's, Storm. <laughs> it's so good. Um, storm I'm, is obviously powerful, but this is also... I mean, nobody plays Goblin Warrens as it is, as a win condition. Warrens, because you, yeah. Or sorry, Empty the Warrens. Because you don't want to storm off and then have to wait until your next turn to win right you storm off and you win with other cards that actually kill them now yeah 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 so crow storm is just fun i think it's it's a card that has storm and it makes storm crows and who's not down for a little more storm crow action it seems totally fine all right this one i just have no idea it's urza academy headmaster because the set's not out yet this card it's uh, a planeswalker it's uh wooberg so all colors of the rainbow here it's a legendary planeswalker urza Plus one. It's oh, sorry. It comes in at four loyalty. Plus one. Head to askurza.com and click plus one. That website does not work right now. It, Minus it, one. Uh, I was told that December eighth it'll be live. Okay. Yeah. Minus one. Ask, head to askurza.com and click minus one. 
minus six. Head to askurza.com and click minus six. So one, I love this design because it's finally a magic card that can be errated yeah, willy-nilly. they can do the Hearthstone thing where they, they can, can do- be like, oh, that's too powerful. Let's change it. Or yeah. just for fun, they can be like, well, Urza's totally different this month. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> I love that. Urza could change from month to month. And so as a result, is probably not going to be legal in Commander because there's just way too much variance. And there's no way the rules committee would be there and be like, all right, well, we're on Urza watch yeah. to make sure Urza doesn't get broken well, randomly. this month, Urza, Urza is banned. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. wait when they change it again. Maybe it won't be. Oh my gosh, it's, it's a, a cool hilarious card. card though. I love it. Yeah, but probably not okay. All right, here we go. Okay. The cards that are most likely not okay. All right, um, the first one's the one I'm the most iffy about. I think it might, it's it's got one foot in most likely not okay, but might be okay. Hot fix for a white and a blue sorcery. You have 10 seconds to look at and rearrange the cards in your library. At the end of those 10 seconds, if you're touching one or more of those cards, shuffle your library. Okay, wait, I want to run another experiment. Yeah, give me that deck box. Uh, So, interestingly enough, this is a six-mana spell, and the 10 seconds is going to be a very hotly contested thing, right? It's going to be like, okay, cool, Uh, who's going to time it? Does the deck have to be upside down when you start? Like, how does this work exactly? Okay, so we have Jimmy's Gishoth deck here. Oh, God. We're going to test it. I'm going to get the... Sorry, I'm going to get the um, stopwatch out so we can so, be very clear about the timing. Let's assume that I am. I need, uh, a, I need a soul ring to get Gashoth out okay. this turn. It's very important. And let's well, a couple more cards I want to get. What um, else do you have in there? Uh, let's, let's just say we know that um, the Frenzy... What's the Raptor? Ram, the one that Rampaging Ferocidon. Rampaging Ferocidon, soul ring, um, one more card. Because, uh, I mean, think, I think you're going to play Hotfix, and you're going to try and combo off. Yeah. And so you're going to stack your deck with, and let's, most combos, two or three cards. Yeah, let's do that, and let's say Teferi's Protection. Okay, wait, shuffle up now yeah, that you've seen where it is. Okay. So Teferi's Protection, Rampaging for Rampaging Ferocidon, and Soul Ring. Those if are, I get... If you get two of the three, you're, that's pretty good. Yeah, if I get one get of all the three, three. If I get all three, then this card needs to be banned. Yeah. <laughs> Slash, uh, I need to be banned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any way okay, you're going to so get I think all this three is how it's in work. 10 seconds. All right. You, you, I mean, people would probably get practice at doing this. I don't yeah. know what that's... Okay. I'm going to count to three, and then you go. Ready? Right. Three, two, one, go. One second. Two seconds. Three seconds. Okay. Four seconds. Five seconds. Six seconds. Seven seconds. You can't be touching it. Eight seconds. Nine seconds. Ten seconds. I got two. I got two, and I got lucky. I got really lucky. By the way, look at my deck. <laughs> I got really lucky because both Teferi's Protection and Soaring were at the bottom of my library. By my bottom uh. third cards. Like, right? But, like... The panic set on because I had to, I I knew exactly what I was looking for, but I also just, just I just tossed it. Yeah, I was like, oh. don't try this at home, kids. Um, hmm, I might revise my opinion. This might this card might be just fine. It costs six mana for one thing. Yeah, I mean, you don't the draw thing. a card, so you lose you lose a card. What if you play this in like an Esper deck and you use Limdol's Vault, so you know exactly where the cards are, right? But in that case, you use Limdol's Vault. You already yeah, got the cards. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's six mana. I Who think knows? it's actually okay just watching somebody do it because you're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh God. What are they going for? What are they going for? <laughs> and the thing is, commander decks are huge. In a 40-card deck, I could see this being something completely different. But, yeah, I think in this format. Who knows? Who knows? All right, yeah. moving on. Look what, what we, the kind of experiments we put ourselves through for you guys. Yeah, it's an unstable day here at the uh, office. <laughs> okay, the next card that I think is probably not okay is Rules Lawyer. It's three white, white for a 1-1 one, one artifact creature, cyborg advisor. It says, <sighs> take a deep breath, everybody. State-based oh, actions don't apply to you or other permanents you control. 
Reminder text. You don't lose the game due to having zero or less life or drawing from an empty library. Your creatures aren't destroyed due to damage or death touch and aren't put into the graveyard due to having zero or less toughness. Your planeswalkers aren't put into a graveyard if they have zero loyalty. You don't put a legendary permanent into the graveyard if you control two of the same name. Counters aren't removed from your permanents due to game rules. Permanents you control attached or combined illegally remain on the battlefield uh, just for complete stop. rules it's and regulations see rule 704 ban it it's there's too much the whole state-based actions don't apply to you uh, no thanks it's it's gonna lead to so many arguments and also it's insanely powerful yeah you like, can't lose the game if this and is like out. a lot of your stuff can't get be removed and stuff like it's just yeah for co- and, and also for complete rules and regulations see rule 74 like ugh. It's going to constantly cause, like, what happens if I do this? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Let's look it up. We have way too much stuff going. I, I don't no. think it's just healthy for the format in any way. No. But the card's ridiculous. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it's designed. Awesome. All right. Split screen. Four mana for uh, four screens on this art. Um, artifact, when split screen enters the battlefield, shuffle your library and deal it into four libraries. If anything refers to your library, choose one of your libraries for it. So if it's like shuffle your library. So you could actually wait. I want to do an experiment again. Keep going, keep going. Play with your library's top cards revealed. When split screen leaves the battlefield, shuffle your libraries together. So so I believe you can choose which library to draw from. Yeah, so Here's the thing, though. Let's it say says, we're playing with your shots at deck. Yeah. And we we make four libraries here. And it's the battlefield. Make four libraries. What we, can, what we can see. from Okay. So boom, boom, boom. And you play with the top card revealed on all of them. Now, this is incredible because you get to scry four, essentially, in this I mean, I'm like, way. oh, I want the top. Yeah, it's like, oh, I need to land right now. You know yeah. what's the best draw for me? This Yav my Hollow. That right there for four mana yeah. is insane. Yeah. Yeah, This it's too powerful. Also, it says if anything refers to your library, choose one of your libraries for it. So if you, like, played a Rampant Growth, shuffle your library, does that mean you get to shuffle a different one of the libraries because you get to choose one of your libraries for it? Really weird. You could only search one of them, though. Yeah, that makes but, Demonic Tutor and stuff way worse. But then you don't... Yeah, it makes the monster way worse, but you also don't shuffle the library, so you actually know all of the cards in it, right? Because it says shuffle your library. You get to choose a different library. Oh, so, you, so like, I'm going to search this one for a forest. Cool, now I know all the cards in this library. Yeah, and then I'm going to shuffle this other library. That's interesting. I yeah, don't know. You so, probably have to shuffle the same library. Either way, it's banned. We banned it. <laughs> either way, don't play that card. Don't play that card. It's I too think powerful. it's a little bit too powerful. Definitely too powerful. If it costs like eight mana, but it costs four. Yeah. Oh, now now we're going to talk about the real card that is 100% banned, and we will never, ever allow this card to exist because it is too powerful. I think this is, yeah, this is the biggest offender in the set as far as like, and it single-handedly makes it so you can't make the statement all the legendary creatures in Instable are legal in Commander. I think yeah. otherwise you I, could look, do it. I still love this card, and I yeah, love yeah. everything about it. But and it had to be legendary because when they did Johnny and they did uh, right. uh, Timmy, Timmy, they, yeah. they made him legendary. I, I wish it wasn't legendary just for – it would make it real clean and real easy to at least say all the legendary creatures in Commander are legal in Commander. But because of this card, you can't do it. Um, it's Spike Tournament Grinder. It's two and two Phyrexian black mana. So whoops, you can either pay two and two black, two and a black and two life, or two and four life. Whoops. For a 1-1 one, one legendary creature, human gamer. Whoops. It also has an activated ability, which is four Phyrexian black mana. So Big you can whoops. pay any combination of four black mana or two life. So yeah. eight life if you want to pay no mana. Choose a card you own from outside the game that has been banned or restricted in a constructed format. Reveal that card and put it into your hand. You can get a Black Lotus this way. You can get Grizzle Brands. You can get Time Walk. You can get Moxes. You can get all the most broken stuff. Plus, 
you don't have to pay any colored mana at any point to play Spike. So you can pay two. You can play Spike easily on turn one of the Soul Turn Ray. one and um, then find any card. Any go card that go find Black Lotus, first of all. Play that for because you pay eight life. Mm-hmm. Now you have access to colored mana. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to 100% of the time win on turn right. How, one. Yeah, you can just find... Yeah, it, turn one wins. Easy with Spike Tournament Grinder. It's just way too good. I mean, it's obviously the truest spiky card that you would be able to win that easily and quickly. By the way, if you go to draft um, Unstable or play Sealed, you better bring some some banned yeah. and restricted cards from older formats uh, with you. sure. Yeah. Uh, the next one I'll let you read because you know this card. Infinity Elemental. Elemental, Elemental, Elemental. Are you going to do that for Infinity? Four red, 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 red. Okay, it's four, seven man total, so four red, red, red. It's Infinity slash five, po- toughness of five, so only the power is Infinity. This creature has infinite power. That's it. It's so infinite that's flavor text says. It's so infinite that's flavor text says, yeah, and so on. It's so uh, infinite that it's flavor text says. It's so, so it's just essentially infinity so over five. There are lots of ways to go infinite with this, obviously. Um, there are also lots of ways to put trample on it and just instantly kill someone. So, I think I think the problem with this card is that this is true infinity, whereas going infinite is not actually going right. infinite. So like in regular magic, when you quote unquote go infinite, you don't technically go infinite. You have to choose a number. Yeah. We say an arbitrary amount, but that usually means like a billion, a mm-hmm. trillion. Mm-hmm. Whatever number you choose, it's finite. You can't choose infinity. Infinity elemental is actual infinity. Yeah. Uh, we were having this this um, discussion with Mark also where like if you put lifelink on infinity elemental and hit something with it, you would have infinity life. That's no... It's not an It's not countable number. infinity. That's yeah, uncountable it's infinity. actual infinity. That means if you were to take infinity damage at that point, you would still have infinity, infinity life. life. Yeah, so... it's It just creates too many problems. Think of cards that, like... Also, there's a whole bunch of cards that, like, I don't know, mill your opponent for the power... You know, sacrifice a creature, mill yeah. your opponent for that amount, that kind of stuff. Fling effects. Right, right. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's too problematic, because yeah. usually when you go infinite and you're like, all right, arbitrary number, I just made a million tokens. This is actual infinity. All right, we got two left. All right. Uh, this one is called the Grand Calcutron. It's a blue and a white for a legendary artifact. When Grand Calcutron enters the battlefield, each player's hand becomes a program in ordered row of revealed cards. Players can only play the first card of their program. Yeah, I'm gonna, another experiment. Players can only play the first card of their program. You get to order them, I believe, as well. Yeah, when Grand Calcutron gets played, you order them. But after that, you can't move them around. If a card would be put into a player's hand from anywhere, that player reveals it and places it anywhere within his or her program instead. So if you draw a card... Wait, let let me finish reading the card. Okay. (laughs) And then the last part is, at the beginning of each player's end step, if that player's program has fewer than five cards, he or she draws cards equal to the difference. So everyone always has five cards, but you're playing with your hand revealed, and they're in a set order. So when when somebody plays Grand Calcatron, boom, you take your hand, and you lay it out in order. Now, you get to order it at that point. However, you cannot cast any card except for the first card in your program. So then when it comes to my turn, or even on your turn, yep. if I wanted to counter something, if Counterspell is not in the first slot, you can't I couldn't do it. do it. Yeah. And so when it comes to my turn, well, my only choice is I have to play Spike, Tournament Grinder. And then I pay the thing and put a card into my hand, let's say. Now, at that point, I can choose to put it anywhere in the program. Right. So let's say I drew Earl of Squirrel, and I'm like, well, I want to cast that after I cast Split Screen, so I'm going to mm-hmm. put it there. And now... I'm locked into that program. It's too much. It's too much. That's I mean, my judgment about this card. I think too. It like, like I don't think stacks it's fun. decks. 
Yeah, it stacks decks. And, and also, like, it turns off decks in a weird yeah. way. Like, yeah. you just can't cast instants anymore, and, and you're just kind of stuck in this weird, like... It's two mana, too, so it can come out so early and just... Yeah. And I, just I have a feeling games would take forever. forever. Yeah. yeah. And it will lock down your the entire game as, as, it, as it would. Yeah. I don't... Um, I don't like it. I don't like. It. I mean, I, I, it's an interesting design, and it's probably fine in like a limited match. But mm-hmm. okay, this next card, and the last one we're going to talk about, ironically, not a rare. I think is secretly, besides Spike, the most powerful for yeah card commander, in the set for sure. Yeah, it's called More or Less. It's a blue instant for one mana. Already in dangerous territory, by the way. Add or subtract one or one from a number or permanent from a number or number word on target spell or permanent until end of turn. So it has add or subtract the number one and it uses the number one or the word one from a number or a number word on target spell or permanent. So you can, there's a whole bunch of ways to abuse this, right? The first one I thought of was Basalt Monolith. Right. Immediately goes infinite mana with Basalt Monolith. Yep. Because you change the untap to cost two mana rather than three. Mm-hmm. Add or subtract one or one from a number. So from um all the exp- well, I don't know about all, but like Mizix, the experience counter generals, they refer to the experience counters in a weird way. Mizix says, for each experience counter you control, your instant sorceries, sorceries cost one less to cast. Right. Well, now they're two less to cast. Yeah, that's just fork it. Three less to cast. All of a sudden, each experience counter is worth three mana or two yeah. mana. Yeah, that's absurd. That's crazy. Until end of turn, but it doesn't matter because the turn you play more or less, you should win. It, that's that's the reason this card's super broken. Um, Planeswalkers. Yep. You can change the the, Cost. the loyalty ability. So it's a yeah. plus one, it becomes a zero. Or a minus one, it becomes a zero. Ability. You could even make them ultimate earlier as well yes. by having a cost less. Um, yeah. Necropotence, you can draw more cards now. Ne- Necropotence, you don't pay the one life. Oh my gosh. You pay oh, zero you life. Draw the and whole you draw deck. A card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brawl. Brawl, same thing. You. you uh, reduce Jeez. the cost of your instant sorceries more. Uh, training grounds. And there's a lot of cards that say. Uh, what Trainers Grounds does is it uh, reduces the cost of an activated ability by two, but yeah. it says it has sort of like a, a catch-all clause to sort of save it from being too broken, and it says, but this cannot reduce it below one. Yeah. Well, well you can make you can say zero. this cannot reduce it below zero. So, And there's a whole bunch of cards that sort of work like that where they have sort of a safety clause yeah. that says, like, you can't make, okay, you can change the cost of the ability, but you have to make it still cost something. Yeah. Well, more or less says, no, you can make it cost zero. Uh, I think there's just a million ways to combo that card with other stuff and make it way too powerful. Yep. But it is really cool. All right. Well, that, my friends, is our Unstabled quick review. Uh, it's actually one of our longer episodes, but it's a quick <laughs> review of all the cards that we think are good in Commander, maybe maybe playable, and definitely not playable. Now, we want to know if we missed anything or if you think that we are incorrect about something or if there's a card that we put in the probably okay that is not okay. Um, or I, one that we put in the not okay that you think is nah, it's fine. Yeah, and is anyone building a deck with these cards already? Has anyone built a deck with the Baron Von Count, for instance? Uh, I know Jesper said he really wanted to make a deck with it because also it's his art, so 100%. Um, I, you know, I'm looking forward to, to trying something. I'm gonna. It's not too hard to put a de- deck together for something like this unless you're really going all in on like dice or meld or whatever, or, um, host and augment or whatever. But I think it'd be really easy to make the rule of like all the legendary creatures from unstable except for spike are legal and commander. Yeah. And I think that would mostly be fine. Um, it doesn't seem like any of them are at least overtly like top tier broken. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's one card we didn't talk about called animate library. I want to know what y'all think about that one. So yes, let us know in the comments on Twitter or you can email us. 
if you want to pick up any of these cards, like the legendary creatures, like Grisilda, who I think is probably the one I want to build the most, mm-hmm. you can go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link when you're ordering your unstable cards, your iconic masters, anything, uh, Christmas gifts for friends, yeah, absolutely. you will be simultaneously doing something awesome for your friends, buying them gifts, and supporting the Command Zone, and Game Nights, which we very much appreciate. And if you want to do something awesome as well for Wayne England and the British Heart Foundation, again, Ultra Pros made these playmats, deck boxes, and sleeves from his art originally for Very Crypt to Command. Rest in peace, Wayne England. Your contributions to the game are monumental, and they will never be forgotten. Very cool of Ultra Pro and a good cause to support. Okay, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. In fact, it's inside the world of (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh! It is Anime Crimes Division. Yeah. So, um, Jimmy, your brother? My brother, Freddie, and Rocket Jump, the company that he has, uh, in association with Crunchyroll, and Freddie and my friend Darnell made a new show that's essentially a uh it's a crime show csi-esque but set in the world entirely around anime so but it's live it's it's live action yeah it's shot live action but it's about anime yeah it's 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 like a mock-up and kind of a parody tropes about yeah i mean it's in a lot of ways it's very similar to what vghs did for high school tropes and video game tropes this does it for anime and crime series as well and Josh and I actually have a cameo in the second episode. We play a couple of card dealer gamers, card sharks, I don't know what you would call us. Sort of seedy back CD, alley card yeah. tapes. Yeah, card yeah, tapes, yeah, yeah. Play for keepers. Play for keepers. And we're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in the episode uh, for a little bit of a cameo. Uh, so make sure to check it out. But don't worry. Out. I represented my magic roots. Uh, if you yeah. watch it, you'll oh, yeah. see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, again, uh, you can find all of that at YouTube.com slash Rocket Jump. There are two episodes out right now, but I believe all three will be out, as well as some really great behind-the-scenes production diaries if you're interested in that all on the channel by the time this episode comes out yeah if you've ever watched any rocket jump production you know that it's just such high quality and they do like amazing effects and it really is like you know tv and movie quality stuff it's hilarious dude i I love the show especially if you like if you like anime at all you should watch this there's lots of inside jokes for you there very funny very cool definitely check it out another thing to check out is our sister podcast the masters of modern alex kessler and ben bateman they talk about the modern format, all things competitive magic. Kessler actually has a toy company, and he just released his first game that he yeah. uh, designed. Kesko. So, yeah, pretty cool. Check them out on Twitter at the MMCast or next to us at Collected.Company. Make sure you also go and talk to our editor, Terry Robertson. He's on Twitter now. He's the one that edits the videos as well as Game Nights and doing a lot of really cool stuff for our Unstable episode. So you can watch those videos at youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. And, of course, they feature incredible animated animations. Mm, that was repetitive. By Jeffrey <laughs> Palmer, who's also working on some stuff. He uh, He's great. He's great. He, he helps us out with game nights as well on animations, as well as the opening and closing animations of our podcast. You can find him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. All right, everybody. Go out there. Have some fun with Unstable. And we will see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. 
Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.